Welcome to the Conversations Podcast with Terry Law and Scott Law. I'm Scott Law, and I'll assure you that this is not your typical Christian podcast, just spouting that old-time religion. We're exploring the intersection of our life and faith in a way that's fresh and new. We'll be unpacking deep theological concepts in a very fun and relatable way. Together, my father and I have traveled to over 125 countries, endeavoring to be the hands and feet of Christ. We've also faced incredible personal trials and tragedy, and we held on to the grace of God through it all. So the purpose of our podcast is to share the love and grace of God with you and with those who've yet to hear. Again, welcome to the Conversations Podcast. Sit down, turn it up, and enjoy. Hello, everyone. Back again. This is Scott Law. I'm with my father, Terry Law. And uh, I am Scott's dad, Terry. <laughs> In case you didn't know. All right, we're back. We're here. We're going to talk about hope. We're going to talk about the helmet of hope, putting that on. Scott, let, let me just interrupt here for a sec. He's got to talk. I, He's got to talk. He always has to talk. I've been shocked. <laughs> I've been shocked last night. A hundred thousand people in New York City or in that area who are affected by the coronavirus. It's unbelievable. It's this crazy. Thing, it's like a curse. It's like a a plague that's sweeping across the nation. And if our nation ever needed a word from God at this point, I believe that word is the word hope. We're going to talk about it again. I've got some more stuff I want to talk about on the subject of hope. Okay, quick recap. Our definition of hope is a confident expectation of the goodness of God, that good things are coming to you both now and in the future. That is the, the seed of hope. Despair is the opposite of hope. It is the absence of hope. It's hopelessness. It's a sense that God couldn't even help you. The Yiddish word would be uh, mishigas. Things are so screwed up, not even God could figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Ben Dodwell used to say that in the office. Oh, this is a mishigas. Things are so screwed up, not even God could figure it out. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure that many people feel that way right now. And it's hitting the pocketbook directly. It's not just physical disease and not us being panicked. I mean, I went over to get to the donut shop this morning and I had to stand six feet away from everybody else in a line. <laughs> the line was all the way across the street and out the other side. It is. With people trying to get in, but they were all trying to, you know, social distancing. Social distancing. Remember we went to uh, that office supply store to get this table that we're right. working yeah. on and they had blue tape marked out in six foot squares so that anybody standing would be outside of the square to keep your social distancing. Well, it's, it's crazy, but it's, <laughs> it's here, and uh, we're looking at it. It's, it's a reality. It's on us, and uh, we've got to have something from God to help us, especially the people that are afraid. Yeah. And uh, people, especially older folk with retirement income. and uh, You know, Dad, I need, to, I need to speak to that. A gentleman, one of the fathers that I work with, I coach a competitive girls soccer team in Florida, messaged me uh, last week. And he has said that the previous three days, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, his wife's retirement account had lost $150,000 in three days. $150,000 in three days they lost. Yeah. So this is... your breath away. Oh, I know it does. Especially if you're depending on this and this is your retirement income, there's no way of replacing that. If it's gone, it's gone. What are you going to do? And I feel terrible for, you know, my neighbors in Florida. I live in Florida and 29% of the entire population is 65 and older. And I have to imagine that 
the majority of everyone around me in, in, that are retired mm. had to have taken a huge hit over the mm. past two weeks and, you know, have to be reconsidering what they're doing. They well, may you, have to go back to work. I've got friends, friends that I see on social media, on Facebook that, and Instagram that have mentioned that said, hey, you know, this week just lost the job, got the got the email, didn't want to hear. And uh, I'm, I'm no longer uh, necessary. We're having to downsize. We're having to re-engineer. We're having to cut back. And they are experiencing the financial impact. Do, do you remember this Old Testament story, Scott, when Mordecai came to Esther? Mm-hmm. Esther was the queen. She had married the king. And when the king uh, made a decree that against the Jewish people, mm-hmm. Mordecai mm-hmm. came to uh, Esther and said, Perhaps you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Mm. If we are ever on time with a message on this uh, podcast, it's a message of hope. It's a message that America's got to hear right now, and we want to speak it to you from the Word of God because there's power in God's Word, and uh, that's where we're going in this program today. Absolutely, and that hope is not a passive state or a passive word or a passive feeling or thought. Hope is active. Well, there, there are two kinds of hopes, Scott, in studying Scripture. Uh, when Paul said to the church in Rome, I, I hope to come to you at such and such a time, mm-hmm. it was a wish. He was saying if things go this way and that way. Uh, wishful thinking. Uh, wishful thinking is, is, is the definition, but there's a different kind of hope, a second kind of hope talked about in the Bible, which is a confident expectation of the goodness of God. And we're hammering this uh, definition because it's a confident expectation. You're sure of it Mm. because it's coming. A confident expectation of the goodness of God. Or Robert used to say every television program he opened, something good. I remember he'd point that long finger his right at the TV screen and say, something good is going to happen to you. That's our message for all that are listening to us today. (laughs) <laughs> Amen. Well, let's dive, Dad. Why don't you dive in on on uh, helmet of hope? Okay, what uh, that looks like. I, I've been reading in recent times about the power that thoughts have in your life and mine. Sometimes, uh, have you ever heard somebody say, "Well, I just had a random thought right out of the blue. I don't know where it came from. I wasn't even thinking in a certain area, but when the thought came, I realized, wow, this is uh, this is important." So when I'm talking about thoughts and researching the subject, I've discovered that thoughts come from primarily three places. First of all, our thoughts will come to us through our own five senses, our sight, hearing, touch, taste, and smell. Probably uh, maybe 80% of our thoughts come to us from natural stimuli around about us. Can I, I want to have a quick illustration of that. So I've got a Uncle Glenn, DiArpa, and San Diego, my mom's younger brother, and he's got a green thumb, just like Grandpa Diarpa had. He mm-hmm. can, he's got dozens of fruit and uh, fruit and nut trees. He grows his own tomatoes. He actually has created his own roses, where he learned at the Tulsa Rose Garden from the master gardener how to create and 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 splice roses. And mm. so he's created his own breed of roses, so to speak. But why I mention him is because. Three or four years ago, just when I finished chemo, my family went up for Christmas with him and I was walking out in the garden in in his grove of trees and I walked by this tree and there was this scent and I, and I walked over 
and I smelled and it was a tangelo blossom. Mm. And the scent of the tangelo blossom was, was redolent of mom and grandpa Diarpa because grandpa would always send tangelos from his tree mm-hmm. in the backyard to mom. Mm-hmm. And those blossoms, I would remember when we go and visit them, I would just sit there and, and smell the, and it was redolent of mom mm-hmm. and redolent of grandpa Diarpa. And so uh, uncle Glenn loved tangelos as well. And so he had them in his backyard and it was that scent from 30 years before mm-hmm. that I hadn't smelled it. And I instantly was transported yeah. back 30 plus years. Sometimes we don't even know where those uh, smells that we, you know, we're, we're not even aware of it. And, and we're being influenced by, and the five senses are the, where they come from. Yeah. Sight, smells, touch, all the rest. Absolutely. And, uh, but you know, the, the one thing I need to say about the greatest single source of of pressure in contemporary culture coming to you and me is from our television set. And media in general. It's media in general. And uh, the media. And I know that our president has been using a very negative term for the media. And I probably agree with him to a a large degree. But uh, there is so much control, so much bad news coming from so many fronts, from so many doctors, they they line the doctors up on on the news shows, telling, "Well, if this happens, then you've got to take this and do this and that." And uh, so, hey, the primary area for influence of our thoughts are the five senses. But you know, it's got to obviously be working on television. All the negative stories that they're bringing, because people just keep advertising more, and it just keeps on coming. Correct. But uh, the second area that where thoughts are deposited in our lives is from our subconscious memory. Uh, and Scott was talking about this in that little flower, smelling the flower, and all of a sudden your connections are way back 30 mm. years in something you'd totally forgotten about. But the third area, and I want to talk a little bit about this, the third area where from which uh, thoughts proceed is the spiritual world. And there are two powers in the spiritual world. God is in the spiritual world, and the devil is in the spiritual world. And let me say it this way. God is a good God. Satan is a bad devil. Basically, bottom line. And there's an incredible power that's released to you. That's why I read the Bible. I read my Bible every day. Why? I'm reading God's thoughts. Someone was inspired by the Holy Spirit of God to write whatever I am reading in that devotional, and that immediately connects with my thoughts and brings my thoughts to a godly plane. Mm. Isaiah said in chapter 55, speaking for God, he said, My thoughts are not your thoughts, Mm. for my thoughts are way above your thoughts. But he has a way of getting his thoughts into our hearts, and that's Mm. why it's so important for us to know the Word of God. But the enemy, the enemy, and this is something that I have been stunned by in terms of its influence, the enemy has thought systems. In fact, if you examine the world in which we live, what is communism? Communism is a system of thoughts. What is Darwinism? It's a system of thoughts. Most attacks that are made on our mind and our thinking come from thoughts that the enemy is able to inspire. He creates men like 
Darwin and like Lenin. Marx and Lenin and, and Engels and, and gives them ideas, maybe wrong ideas, but at the same time, it carries a thought that is anointed by the enemy. And, and it's something that I have really come to uh, watch in my own life. What I meditate on, what I allow myself to think on in terms of exaggerated time period, I've got to control my thought. You know, you do a good job of that. Because uh, there's negative stuff that happens in and around us that you and I are both affected by. You'll be quiet when I'm talking about it or someone else is talking about it. And you will then say, you know, I really don't want to keep talking about this. Or I don't want to, I don't think we need to discuss this any further because you're trying to control. I have, I have seen that firsthand. You're trying to make an outward boundary mm-hmm. to protect your inner thought it's life. It's very important for me. I, I, it's not just you. It's everyone. Yeah. Exactly. And you, you, I see that and, and I, and I affirm that in you that you, you're not just saying you do that, but I actually witness you do that. I tell you when the influence came into my life in a great way was when I began to study the book on hope and I spent all my time focusing on hope. And I've said this before, but the Bible says that now abides faith, hope, and love. How many sermons have we heard on faith over the years? Hundreds. How many on love? Love is put forward as all of us need to love more and love with godly love. But I don't think I've heard a sermon on hope in maybe 25, 30 years. It's just not preached about. But hope is the heartbeat of our nation right now. If we don't have hope in God with the financial crisis, where can we go? There's nowhere else to go. But we can run to the Lord. You know, the enemy has paved the path for us away from God. The original sin, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and Satan came to Eve, he just questioned what God had said. He put that question in her mind. The old King James said it. Satan said to Eve, hath Hath God God said? said. Hath Mm -hmm. God said? Mm -hmm. And he made her question what God had said. And uh, she ate of the fruit, gave it to Adam. He ate of the fruit. But it was all a system of thoughts that had come and was spawned by the enemy. But Satan knows how to play games with your mind and mine. And he can make you feel guilty the moment you think a thought because you know it's wrong when you think it. And he'll say, ah, I got you now. You should never have thought. You must be wicked inside to be thinking stuff like this. And if we have not learned to discipline our minds and to handle those kinds of negative thinking from the enemy, he'll keep throwing it at you. And I'll guarantee you, sooner or later, you'll start to listen. Go through the Bible. Jesus was crucified by a thought. John 13, 2, it says, Now Satan, having put into the heart of Judas to betray Christ. That's right. There it is, right out in the open. You remember Ananias and Sapphira when they came to Peter and they lied about the price they received from their property. And Peter looked at Ananias and said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? You've lied to the Holy Spirit. And Ananias fell dead on the spot. Those thoughts were administered by the enemy. Take Peter. I think it's in uh, Matthew 16. Jesus asked the disciples, whom do men say that I am? And there's Peter standing up there. He says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus commends him. He says, wow. 
He says, Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, mm. but my Father which is in heaven. Then five minutes later, Jesus changes the conversation, says, now I'm going to go to Jerusalem, and I'm going to die in Jerusalem, and starts to talk about the crucifixion. Peter takes him aside from the other disciples and says, Lord, God forbid you should talk like that. Don't talk like that. And Jesus turns on Peter and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Satan. Bang, get thee behind me, Satan. And, and, and it must have shocked Peter when Jesus said that. But Peter had changed and shifted gears in five minutes. Within moments, he had a divine, divinely inspired right. thought from the Holy Spirit. Straight really. from heaven and from God. And moments later... He had at He's a, something from a the demonic enemy. thought. That's right. These thoughts from Scripture, you know, an illustration in everyday life now when you talk about taking your thoughts captive mm-hmm. or controlling your mind. Mm-hmm. I think in sport, one of the greatest athletes that has had great mind control, I think you're going to know who I'm going to say, Tiger Woods. Mm. Tiger Woods, probably his greatest asset wasn't the fact that he was in as good or better shape than everyone or that he can hit as good or better shots than everyone. It was that he had control of his mind. He could channel any negative thoughts or the noises around him or what this other opponent was doing next to him, and he could channel and focus only on what he can control. And that's what made him, in my opinion, the greatest golfer ever. That's interesting. His ability, and you know where he learned it? He learned it from his father, who was uh, special forces in Vietnam. And so he would throw things at him in the middle of his golf swing when he was five, six, seven years old. And so he was, he was building in Tiger the ability to have a strong mind and to take control and say, hey, you can control this. So our, our message to those listening today is pretty simple. Something good is going to happen to you. We have a confident expectation of the goodness of God. Here's, here's one that talks about the tragic situation in America right now. David said, I would have despaired. I would have given up. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David said, I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord. I'm believing for the goodness of the Lord. I'm asking you to say the same thing. In your thought life today, something good's coming to me, and I am declaring that that good thing is coming in Jesus' name. So quick recap, three areas that we receive thoughts. Mm. One is through our senses. Yep. Number two is from the enemy, the devil. Subconscious mind, yep. And three is from God. From God and the devil, yep, exactly. Both. So those are three avenues. And if you think about it, two-thirds of them really are bent towards the negative. Mm. Right? They are. Our human and uh, the demonic, and God. (laughs) And and the one thing we got to watch in America is uh, what television is saying to us, what it's doing to us, what it's speaking to us as a nation. Television controls our thoughts. It controls who we are and what we do. And we have to be very careful that we hang on to hope. Build your hope muscles, folks. Just build your hope muscles, just like you build your faith muscles. Let's Get strong in hope in Jesus' name. At the back of your one of your books, you've got a declaration of hope that I want to read. Okay. Okay? Sure. This is something that you wrote a few years ago. It says, I am confident in the goodness of God. There is hope for me. The Lord's mercies are new every morning, and his faithfulness is great. I will hope in him. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. I will draw near with confidence to God's throne where I can receive mercy and find grace 
to help me in my time of need. I believe God has plans for me, for good and not for evil, to give me a future and a hope. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. My past has been wiped out. Everything has become new. I will humble myself and pray and seek God's face, turning away from wickedness so that God will hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. Nothing is impossible with God. I am the apple of God's eye. He hides me in the shadow of his wings. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for me because I am in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Men will see my good works and glorify my Father who is in heaven. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Wow. (laughs) That's good. Do you feel encouraged? That's good. You feel encouraged? I've written a book called The Hope Habit and then the Scriptures of Hope from the Bible. Uh, That'll all be available soon. And why don't we close out a prayer and again encourage those people listening today, no matter where they are, what they're going through, that God is with them and that they can attain hope. Father, I I speak particularly to people who have lost their jobs, particularly retirement accounts and people who've lost their future and money that has been saved forever and is now just gone. And I pray that they will understand that you are the God of supply. You are the God of abundance. And I pray that your blessing will be upon them I pray that faith will rise up in their heart, that they will shout with the words of hope, something good is going to happen to me. I have a confident expectation in the goodness of God. Thank you for your goodness, Father. We bless those listening today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, again, thank you for being with us and listening. We hope that we have helped informed you on the thoughts that come into your life and how you can take those thoughts captive and recognize that you are in control of what you allow your mind to think about and how you can choose hope today, no matter what you're facing. Grace and peace on you all, and we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Take care. Thank you for listening today to the Conversations Podcast with Terry Law and Scott Law. We hope you enjoyed it. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Terry Law Speaks. Go to terrylawspeaks.com if you'd like to book Terry to speak at your church or special event. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and many of the other major podcast platforms. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time as we continue to share the love and grace of God with you and with those who've yet to hear.